Good morning. It's 9.07. It's Think Tank Thursday. Uh, we've got Bill Slants coming on the program. He is the chairman of the Missouri State uh, Libertarian Party. Uh, then uh, preceding Bill is uh, Ron Calzone, MoFirst.org. And uh, Ron has, uh, well, I think a kind of an interesting uh, look at things. Uh, using discernment in this campaign season. Well, we should hope we all do that. Uh, we've got the Republican National Committee. The Show Me Institute is going to be with us. Uh, Jim Babka is going to be on board with a fellow Ohioan who is trying to get the Supreme Court to hear his case. Uh, but we kick the program off, as usual, with Kevin Jackson, the Kevin Jackson Network. Kevin, I was thinking about Ron Johnson, you know, the guy who thought that island would... Hank Guam, Johnson. Hank Johnson, rather, uh, who thought Guam might tip over. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm looking at this uh, Senate candidate in uh, in Pennsylvania for the Democrats who <laughs> can't is. string a sentence together. And then we got uh, Joe Biden yesterday saying this. I want to thank all of you here, for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? Uh, she is uh, taking a dirt nap. Um and I'm thinking he, he in order to love his energy, though, I mean, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, he could hardly contain so himself for the midterms. Gary, aren't you just ready to vote? Oh, man, he could hardly contain himself. <laughs> they need to give him another shot or whatever they give him. Uh, yeah, but, him so clearly you can be accepted as a, a as a, a candidate in the Democrat Party if your mental facilities. Oh, yeah, man. If you you got a stroke or. You know, some debilitating brain disease. You're in. Democrats welcome you with open arms. I mean, well, you have to understand, to be a Democrat, you got to be crazy to begin with, right? <laughs> so, uh, it, and it's funny because, you know, it, it, this stuff writes itself. But ask yourself this question. I don't know how old Fetterman is. He looks like he's probably in his 50s, you know, maybe 60s at best. Yeah, his neck is in its 40s. <laughs> Relatively young guy. Uh, you know, tries to come off hip wearing his hoodies. And uh, he has a stroke in May of this year. Plenty of time for them to shift gears and say, let's, you know, bring in our second place candidate, et cetera. But they don't. They leave this guy in. I would think he would look at that as a sign from God. I'm young enough to have a lot of my life left here. Obviously, I'm stressing myself out too much, but he doesn't. Look at Biden's family, what they're doing to this clown. All because they, they, they believe in the, the so-called the greater good. Well, what is that? Show me what the greater good that the Democrats are doing that's, that's winning. Right now, I don't know if you saw this, the Heritage Foundation says Joe Biden has put $4,200 of debt on the average family. I just saw another report that said while the hospitals are making record profits, by the way, pre-COVID record profits going through 2019, the average American of 50 percent of the people, <coughs> people in this country have $5,000 of medical debt. 25 percent of us have $10,000 or more of medical debt. That's according to statistics from credit reports, report, reporting agencies. So on top of having this gl glorious Obamacare that was supposed to eradicate all of our medical debt, we got Bidenflation, which has given us $4,200 worth of additional debt and counting. And let's not forget, under Trump, the average family got back 
$4,000. Now, that is the reality we live in, and yet people are talking about, I don't know if Trump's the right guy. And, and you, you, we're, we're supposedly don't know if we're going to win the House or win the Senate. The only way we could not win the House and the Senate is if the Democrats cheat. They have no record to run on whatsoever. And, and here's the worst part about Biden's mental capacity. We keep talking about pushing, you know, the button, having control of the nuclear football. Putin's threatening, you know, nuclear weapons in Ukraine. And we have a demented, brain-damaged fool who's in the, serving as president. And we might put a demented, brain-damaged knucklehead as one of his senators who would allow us to let him push the button. That's where we are in the state of America today, in the Democratic Party. Now, doesn't everybody feel better? <laughs> Thanks for that cheerful outlook. That's my pep talk, Gary Nolan. Yeah, well, you should have done it more like Biden. You know, I think oh, we're going to be serving. Yeah, here. Mama, and then that call out for <laughs> <laughs> Biden was Biden was really never particularly good, even when he was in good health. Uh, you know, I remember him coming. Say that it's funny because I said the same thing on my show. I said you're you're not talking about a guy who had sound policy prior to being brain damaged. <laughs> so, you know, so what do you think you're getting now? And, and it, it's a scary thought, honestly. I mean, all joking aside, it's a scary thought because, look, people are getting squeezed, man. I mean, I'm not missing any meals, and I don't think most of the people listening are. But I, I can tell you, I added it up. I got an $800 a month increase in the rent of the house that I rent. We spend at least $500 more in gasoline than we spent under Trump. We spend, my electric bill is $250 per month higher than it was under Trump right now. My grocery bill is at least $300 a month higher. And I'm not talking about what I do outside of, you know, going to have a meal every now and then or, you know, do something recreational. Those are the numbers. Those are my actual numbers. Now, when they talk about $4,200 a year, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm losing two, 3000 bucks a month under, under Joe Biden. Gary, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. can you help a brother out? <laughs> you know, I want you to save up a few bucks because you owe me a couple of steak dinners by the I end of the election season. I can't afford to buy you a steak dinner. I'm, I'm, I'm filing bankruptcy of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the IRS. You can't get out from under by filing bankruptcy. <laughs> this ain't a school loan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right. So if you, have you been watching the price of gasoline? Look, so gas, you know, yeah, so it's back up. And, and, yeah, you watch it. When you drive as much as I do, dr dragging this little, you know, sp baseball player around uh, uh, Phoenix, and e everywhere we go, I'm not exaggerating this, it's an hour each way for him to play ball. And when he has a tournament, you know, God forbid they have a game at 8 o'clock and then they have a game at 2 o'clock because we have to figure out, do, do we go, you know, it's in that, that gray area of do you go back home because you don't uh -huh. want to sit around for hours. So we usually just stay there. If the price of gas was under Trump, we, we'd come back home. But under Biden, man, we got to stay put, you know. So my gas bill is through the roof. I notice it every time it ticks up. Yeah, well, it's... It's ticking up now, uh, and it's going to get worse between now and the election. So I've made uh, a prediction, and uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see. I'm, I'm betting you're, you're going to agree with it. But when I look at everything, I look at the cost of gasoline and how it's going up, what's going to happen with home heating oil, mm -hmm. the price of food, inflation, 
when I look at the withdrawal from Afghanistan, what's going on at the, at the border, even with the abortion issue, I don't think the Democrats are going to keep uh, control of the Senate. I got Everybody, a question for you, Gary. I got a question for you. Well, wait a minute. It's, it's many, my show. I'm supposed to be asking you questions. How many abortions questions. have you had in the last two years? How many what? How many abortions have you had in the last two years? If you're not counting the first segment of the Thursday morning Think Tank <laughs> Thursday show, none. <laughs> okay. Look, abortion is one of these things where when you, if you want to get somebody politically charged and you say, oh, that's, I'm a one-trick pony type of a thing, maybe you can win a certain percentage of the women's vote. Half the women in this country aren't even thinking about abortion. They're just not. They're conservatives. They, they understand the meaning behind life. They're not thinking about it. Of the half that are, there's a bunch of them who go, you know what, I'm, I'm old school. I, I don't believe that. So rule 25, 20, 25% of them out. By the time you get to the subset of people who really are thinking about abortion, and, and I don't get it, I mean, fine, if that's one of the top of mind things for you, that even they have to wake up every single day worrying about, can I pay my rent? Can I pay my fuel bill? Can I pay my gas bill? Can, what's going to be the price of something when I go shop for it, for food? Can I have entertainment and go out? What's the price of that drink I want to have as I pursue my young guy that's going to get me pregnant so I can kill a baby? <laughs> all that has to factor in before <laughs> Got you... Got that all worked out, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the point is, is that it's, it's, such a, a, it's such a small issue, and I think that was a point you were making, that... You know, the things that you deal with every single day, and it's one thing if it's 10% higher, right? But when it's 30, 40, 50% higher, you notice it. You can't help but notice it. And I think that that's the biggest issue with the Democrats. And, and there's no end in sight. I mean, there's just no end in sight. Well, I, I actually think that by the time the election rolls around uh, and those prices continue to escalate, it'll be inescapable. I'm looking at uh, Fetterman and in, in, uh, in Oz in Pennsylvania and seeing the gaps close. Georgia, I think the governor is going to carry that Senate race. Uh, so I, I just keep looking at all this, and it, it tells me it's, it's not. Biden, the, 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 what's against Biden? It's not Kemp that's going to carry it. It's Biden that's carrying it. And I, to, I, I understand what you mean by that, because Kemp's probably way ahead of Stacey Abrams, and that's going to pull Herschel forward. But it's Biden who's the biggest drain here. And even Psaki said it, on I think, on one of the TV shows on Sunday. She said, look, if this is a referendum on Biden, the Democrats are going to lose. Well, what else could it be? Yep. I mean, you, you can look at Mark Kelly or you can look at Warnock or whatever. Look, you're voting for a Democrat. These are the people that open the borders that have, you know, the hospitals full, the schools are failing. You, you're paying through the roof for everything. That's a Democrat thing. That's not that you can't separate Warnock from Biden with that. And that's the problem. They know it is a referendum on Biden. All right. With that, we got to stop for just a minute, just for a minute or two. And then we'll bring back. The second best talk show host in the country. <laughs> Gary Nolan. It was right back. <laughs> well, that would be Kevin Jackson on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock. Kevin Jackson is with us. Jim Babka is going to be with us next. Uh, and he's going to tell us about a guy in Ohio who's trying to get the Supreme Court to hear his case. So, well, I think it's a good idea. I think it should hear. They should hear the case. But in the meantime, Brian, can you play? Uh, because we're attacking Joe Biden, it seems almost unfairly. 
Can you play some audio of him from, say, 10 years ago versus today? Because we keep thinking he's deteriorating. Okay. And, this and, is from about 10 years ago. Well, okay. maybe it's longer than I can't remember. But Stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? Uh, that's when Chuck was Chuck's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, so Chuck Chuck can't stand up. Well, okay. Uh, we have heard that. Kevin Jackson is with us. Uh, com, where you can uh, literally find everything that he's up to. And it is qu quite a bit. Uh, Arizona. What's going on with the Arizona race? So we've got, you know... Um there's a big event coming up where we're calling a unification rally. I'm going to MC it on October 24th. And, you know, we took the, uh, all the, the people who didn't win and we said, look, guys, we got to coalesce because we've got Katie Hobbs, who's a racist and, uh, she's the worst possible choice for a governor. Um, that we could, you could have, she would wreck this state. She's the person that certified a, an illegal election and I could go on. So she's running there in, in every, categories you can imagine whether it's the secretary of state the attorney general or the governor <clears throat> here in arizona we have a leftist who is so far left and so radical mark kelly for senate he's running commercials right now and the commercial says um everybody wants to tell arizona what to do about our border they just need to stay out of here blah 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 and then he gives you solutions of what he should done what, he sh what, what we should do as if he hasn't been senator it cracks you up and I, I'm going to see his um, opponent, his, uh, I'm going to see Blake Masters today, and I'm going to tell Blake, why don't you run an ad that just says that Mark Kelly is the biggest human trafficker in Arizona and show pictures of the, the rape tree where they throw the panties of the women that these coyotes gang rape coming across the border. The 750 people, show the pictures of them who died trying to cross the border into America through Arizona this year. And I could go on. We don't do the things to push these people back. And, uh, and, and so I'm going to be talking to Blake about that. I think we're going to do, you know, because they've been hammering Blake and, and the Republicans aren't, McConnell's not spending a lot of money on Senate races. I think <clears throat> there's a part of me that believes McConnell does not want to see Trump-supported um, or Trump-endorsed uh, candidates win. So, you know, we've got this internal battle within the within the uh, the party itself. But Carrie Lake, I think, is going to soundly defeat uh, Katie Hobbs. And I think she's going to pull Abe Hamaday, who's running for attorney general, through. She's going to pull Mark Fincham, Fincham, who's running for secretary of state. And um, she's going to pull um, Blake Masters through, who's running for the Senate. What I tell everybody is it's those down ticket guys, the little the school board. We had Scottsdale School Board made national news this year. There are three people running for Scottsdale School Board that will probably win, three conservatives that will probably win. So lots of races, lots of good stuff, and um, even Fetterman. I mean, you mentioned him earlier prior to the break. He's making, he's losing ground to Oz. I'm not a huge Oz fan per se, but I, I know this. If Fetterman's a Democrat who follows Joe Biden's policies, I'd rather give Oz a chance and see what he does, because Fetterman is never going to be our friend. No, he is not. Listen, at that event, if you want to draw a crowd, I'll go up there for you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you're willing We're to settle. We talking about that. So everybody, the buzz around here is, is Gary Nolan coming? Yeah. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell him to have to fly me back and forth first class. 
Right. Um, no, me no, up. we would just do pri- we do private jet for you, Gary. You know, all right. Well, in that there. case, I'll I'll go on up there. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, the other uh, important race for me is Georgia, and. Yeah, Oh, you mean the governor's race? What, no, well, I know what's going to happen in the governor's race. In fact, I think the governor's race is going to be what kills Warnock's race. Okay, so well, I haven't seen any poll, <coughs> any polling on Stacey Abrams, but I did see this. I saw, <coughs> excuse me, I saw Stacey Abrams sitting in an interview talking about. When does the heartbeat of a baby begin? Yes. <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, so let's, I would have been listening. I'd say, okay, Stacy, so what do you say it is? And she said, the heartbeat of a baby, they say begins at, you know, whatever, a week. But it's at five weeks, and they can't measure and all this. And I, after she finished, I'd say, okay, great. So whatever we determine of when the heartbeat begins, let me ask you this. When was it a baby? You know, in other words, whether the heartbeat begins at five weeks or 40 weeks, what is the mom carrying? Because you're developed, she's, you know, talking about a specious argument as if, well, this isn't a child. They're trying to tell you this is a child at five weeks, at five days. It was a child from the moment of conception. I don't care when the heartbeat, we can't, maybe we couldn't detect the heartbeat at the moment of conception. Maybe we don't have the tools. But here's what's interesting about it. Nobody pushed back. To say, what does it matter? So, you know, I think she's going to shoot herself in the foot. And also, they have to cheat. And here's the thing that people don't understand. Kemp was part of the big cheat. So I think he's got it in order. Now, whether or not he lets Herschel win over Warnock and who who knows what deals got cut, we we may not know. And that's why I'm making Beyond the Mules, because I'll show you how they cheated. The, the, our, we know what they did. We we got undercover video from multiple different states to show you what these people did and how devious they were. And it was a uniparty. They worked together. It wasn't just the, just the Democrats going after Trump. It was Democrats and Republicans. And Kemp and uh, Raffensperger were part of that. Well, in the uh, Georgia race, the governor is way ahead. I think five or six points at least. Uh, so I think uh, when the Republicans come out on Moss to vote for her, for him, uh, that is what will undo uh, Warnock. I think that's his. Because Warnock, he's, he's an, again, another leftist radical, doesn't deserve to, to hold the seat. He's done nothing to deserve that seat. He's another disgraced pastor. Uh, he's like the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons of Georgia. And um, no, no difference, man. Just a you know silk suit and a crocodile smile with a different face. All hat, no cattle. All right, <laughs> Kevin Jackson, the Kevin Jackson Network dot com. Save your pennies, uh, buddy, because you're going to owe me a couple of steaks by uh, December. <laughs> All right, take care. Sure. Glad to have you on. Coming up, Jim Babka. This guy wants to go to the Supreme Court. He wants to sue because. Well, he's a satirist, and he got in trouble for being a satirist. Uh, We will talk with the Show Me Institute. They have come up with uh, some interesting tax information for the state of Missouri. Uh, We've got the Republican National Committee, and we've got Mr. Calzone, Ron Calzone. It's the uh, Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. 
Uh, telephone number is uh, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. You can also uh, get me at GaryNolan.com. You'll send me a message. It'll pop up here in studio. It's Think Tank Thursday. Jim Babka is uh, going to be with us in a few seconds. Actually, he was with us for a few seconds, uh, and then uh, we lost the phone connection. So we're we're uh, trying to get him back on, and uh, hopefully that'll be uh, shortly. Uh, then uh, let me let me just uh, kind of prep you and let you know what's uh, coming up with uh, the Show Me Institute: uh, Missouri commercial surcharge tax rates by county. Uh, so David Stokes is going to be with us, Director of Municipal Policy at the Show Me Institute. And uh, he's going to provide an update on the Missouri special session um, uh, on reducing the uh, income tax rate and the upcoming vote on the commercial surtax in parts of the state. Uh, so he will be with us. Uh, let's see. I think we've got Jim Babka on board now. Jim, welcome. How are you? I'm great. And you? I'm better than nothing. That's what Gwen says. I, I'm not sure what she means. But Grace Arkey, uh, when is your last? Uh, when did your last uh, episode go up? Uh, Tuesday, and we've got another one coming out tomorrow. So you, had, you did one on Tuesday. Got another one coming. What's the one tomorrow going to be? We are answering a, uh, a viewer's question: uh, Is everyone stupid? Uh, this comes up a lot. People wonder why people can't see the things they see. Yeah. happening in the world, don't understand them, and we're going to give uh, this listener or viewer a uh, solution to consider, an exercise that they can go through, uh, answering this question. So you can go to YouTube and either look up Jim Babka, B-A-B-K-A, or you can look up Grace Arkey and uh, watch the videos. I'm telling you, they're as informative as they are entertaining and uh, definitely worth the watch. So I'm anxiously awaiting uh, your next one. Thank you. So tell me what's going on uh, with this satirist. Oh, there, this is in Parma, uh, just down the road from your old stomping grounds. Parma, yeah, Parma the, that's uh, AMRAP spelled backwards. <laughs> Some people might remember uh, the opening to the Drew Carey show. Originally, the, the, the first song was Moon Over Parma. Yep. Well, yep. did you know where AMRAP came from? No. There was a guy in the 1960s who went on to work for CBS as their voiceover uh, artist. And he was, uh, he, his, his show name was Goulardi. Oh, yes. And, well, he's the one who came up with White Sox and AMRAP is Parma spelled backwards. And he made fun of Parma incessantly. In fact, that's how Tim Conway got his start. Yes, he did. Was on that show. He was working with Goulardi. That's exactly yeah. right. And 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 they continued that tradition for those people that you know that they'll be immensely interested in this, with uh, Houlihan and Big Chuck, and then subsequently Big Chuck and Little John and late night television, and they would do certain ethnic uh, you know parody skits. So it was it was basically known as a as a Polish community, and the the host of the show was a Polish guy, and he was having having some fun at his own expense. Yep, and he. Uh it, it it was it was really amazing. Uh, I, I think Goulardi was uh, literally the best of those of those hosts, and I can't think of his real name. I'd know it if I heard it, but he went on to be the voice of CBS, and then Tim Conway, of course, went on to to uh, Carol Burnett show. So from like the nineteen whatever you know before you were born, I would even imagine up until like roughly the nineteen eighties, 
this this area, that Cleveland area, that you know, east and west side area, was very rich in in uh, European cultural traditions. So you had all these little pockets of different things with just amazing foods and culture, and and uh, uh, it's you know now it's much more homogenized, but it and, and uh, that that character is kind of gone. But it was still very much present back then, and. And you know they kind of reveled in it. They kind of poked fun at themselves. It was uh, it was a cool time. Yeah, they're little Italy. We got Chinatown uh, and Parma and Parma. Parma. All right. So <laughs> for everybody from Northeast Ohio, all both of us, <laughs> we've been, we've just gone down the memory lane. So tell me about this. Everybody enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, this I'm sure they were just yeah, hey, they're looking up Goulardi right now. Yeah, they are. S share this with your friends. You'll sound really intelligent. You know, did you know that, you know, <laughs> you know uh, we got to start at WJW in Cleveland? Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah, we didn't sound terribly intelligent doing it, but anyway. <laughs> and then there are people who are going, Tim Conway? Who's that? No, everybody. <laughs> do, okay. you, uh, do you remember uh, Tim Conway uh, when he was uh, playing the role of a dentist? Yes. And doing yes. the Novocaine yes. thing? and. <laughs> yes. God, that was funny. Getting All right. Harvey Corman to laugh. Yep. Yes. And it, he was hysterically, it was really, really a great piece. But now there's somebody else with a sense of humor in Parma, but he's in trouble. Well, he was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, he is now attempting to sue the police. So here's what happened. He made a parody page about the Parma Police Department. And the page was fairly obvious parody. Although there were a couple of times where people tried to pierce the veil that he deleted comments so that he could try to keep the joke going a little better. Uh, that's how parody works, right? There's supposed to be some appearance of truth to what's happening here, but it goes to a little bit of a bizarre place so that, you know, you kind of know you're in on a joke, right? And he did a bunch of bits, and not all of them were friendly or nice to the police, obviously. And uh, they arrested him. For what? For having this Facebook page. They claimed that there were citizens that believed that the page was real, that 11 people had called in to ask about it and that those 11 phone calls impaired the ability to conduct police business under an Ohio law. Wow. Um, was he found guilty? No. He, he was, uh, he, he, he won. Uh, in fact, the jury didn't take long to figure this one out. So it did, he did actually go to trial. Having survived the case, he turned around and sued the police department. And this is where the story gets interesting because we come back to this doctrine we've discussed before called qualified immunity. So qualified immunity, the way it works, it's a completely invented doctrine by the courts. This was not, this is not written anywhere in the law. It is a Supreme Court precedent. They decided that in the new professionalism, what we needed to do for the police department is we needed to protect them from being sued. Uh, frivolously, and the standard they erected was impossibly high. They said that unless you could uh, present an identical case where courts had previously decided your, that the individual's rights had been violated, then you can't sue the police. Yeah. And so you can't even get to court. You can't even get started on the process until you can first prove that your case is, and I'm putting stress on this word, identical if they can find a divergence between that and the previous case, they can kick it out. So this basically means you can't sue the police over anything. And right now, this, is, this has been going on for, uh, well, this originally started six years ago, uh, but this is the second wave, the second round over qualified immunity has been going on over the last three years, and the Institute for Justice wants to take this case to the U.S. Supreme Court and ask them if they're not at least willing to consider 
the qualified immunity doctrine, reconsider it, would they uh, look at strongly at the fact that this was very, very clearly a case of First Amendment violation and that that actually takes precedent in this in this particular instance. But this is this is another example of the perniciousness of the qualified immunity doctrine. So imagine you get into a dispute with a police officer just randomly. It could be your neighbor and he's allowed to use the force of law against you and you can't sue him, even though it's clear that he's engaged in some kind of vendetta against your rights. But you have to show that sometime previous, this was the way that it was handled and everything in the case is identical. Otherwise, you can't touch him. I mean, is this a, is this a power we want people with, with uh, bracelets and guns to have? Somewhere there has to be a middle ground. Um, you don't want law enforcement to be sued willy-nilly, but at the same time, when law enforcement step out of line, they need to be held accountable. And well, I'm not I, sure... I, Sure I think there is actually a very fair ground. So there's certain things, you know, we know what self-defense looks like, for example. We know what certain, you know, there, we know what, uh, what abilities we have to prevent and stop crime. The powers that we give the police, they come from us. We, they don't have rights. They have powers that were given to them as a trust. But they, in order for you to be able to give something, you have to first have it. So if they start engaging in an, an activity that would be clearly illegal for you or I to do, then the odds are extremely high. This would probably be a very good standard to use. Extremely high that they didn't have that power in the first place because we didn't have that power. So if I couldn't, you know, go put you in a cage because you put up a Facebook page parodying my wonderful show, Grace Arky, then uh, you, the police shouldn't be able to do it either. Well, should, the, should I be able to uh, arrest people and put them in a, in a cage? We do have a thing called citizen's arrest. Yeah, but can I, can I take somebody and put them behind bars at my house because they've stole my barbecue grill? I think the rest of the community would have a problem with that. We've agreed that there's a certain place that we're all going to do that. So we do give law enforcement some things, some powers that we don't have. No, we've actually agreed as a community that we don't want any one individual to hold that power. We would like to have that power held in trust. So, but that doesn't that does not mean that you can put somebody in that same cage. The, the, the problem here is on the front end. I can't choose for whatever re, willy, willy nilly reason I want to go around engaging in citizen arrests. Yeah, I can't but, stop random people on the street. I can't did, start shooting out the tires of cars that drive down my uh, street too fast. Right. Did, did you say, I'm, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying here. Did you say that the police don't have any powers that we don't have? They don't have any powers that we didn't originally have. Yes, you could have, you could have caged people in your, in your house. You have the power to do that. You could do that. I don't have the legal authority to do that. No, you don't have the legal authority to do but that. But they the have the legal authority to the do rest that. Of your neighbors, the rest of your neighbors would be bothered if you did. Well, they actually don't. They only have that if there's something called probable cause of a crime. Well, if I have probable cause of a crime, I can't lock somebody up in my house. Oh, you could, but I wouldn't advise it because the rest of the community isn't going to stand for it. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this open and let uh, people call in 874-9390. 800-529-5572. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I think police do have a little bit more leeway, and, and I think they need that little extra leeway uh, to do things that we can't do. But uh, I don't know. Well, let's just see what people say. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's, uh, it's 9.52. Glad to have you with us. By the way, I want to clear something up that uh, Jim and I were talking about uh, Goulardi in Cleveland. His real name was Ernie Anderson, and he wasn't the voice of CBS, which is what I said. He was the voice of ABC. Uh, and if you watch the Carol Burnett show, uh, he was the announcer. Uh, and that's how Tim Conway got on the program. He also was the announcer for The Love Boat. Apparently, the way he said it, uh, people just seem to be entranced by it. Uh, he was also the voice of the Wonder Years, who's the boss, and Roseanne. Uh, his name was Ernie Anderson. Okay, so Jim and I were chatting about law enforcement, and Jim says that law enforcement shouldn't have any more powers that we don't have. And if I've mischaracterized that, Jim, feel free to jump in. No, no, here's the problem. You have the power to do exactly what you were suggesting before the break, which was you could cage somebody. You actually have that power. You just, you don't have that right. And the reason you don't have that right is because rights are empathetically granted. People always look at a situation and they pick a side and they in part imagine themselves or other people like them caught in the same dilemma. So... In the particular case of this individual doing a parody site, making fun of somebody in authority, we can all imagine ourselves in that same position and would not want to be arrested. That's where the problem lies in this particular case. So it's clear that what the police did was a violation. And if it wasn't clear enough, we've written an amendment that explains that parody is protected. Our empathy goes all the way to that level. I don't disagree about the guy in Parma who got arrested. I, I think that's that uh, is an abuse of power, but I think we give law enforcement certain powers, certain rights that we don't have. No, they don't have any rights. They have zero rights. They have jobs, and they are there. It's a public trust, and to whom much is given, much is required. You have a higher standard because you're in that position that you will carry out the law. You're, you cannot simultaneously be a law enforcement and a lawbreaker. All right. I don't have the right to legally, I do not have the right to arrest anybody. So are you saying that's a privilege? I'm, it is. Well, it's a privilege or a power. It's, I, I don't know how, how privileged they feel to have it, but it's a power that has to be carried out under very specific sets of circumstances that the community's laid out for them. All right. I may be misinterpreting or misunderstanding, but let me go to the phones. Uh, Dave is on the line. Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Morning. Morning. So, as a common person, if you detain somebody or put them in a cage, wouldn't that be considered unlawful restraint? Jim, I think. Yes, it would, because that's where the empathy of the community lies. But it's also the same. It's exactly true if a cop does it on, based on illegitimate uh, premises, such as right. picked off, right? There has to be probable cause of a crime. So if a community decides it's okay for uh, individuals to incarcerate bad guys that they catch, 
then it's okay. It's just, it's not illegal. Yeah, I mean, it's, a citizen's arrest or any type of arrest involves some, t- some momentary time of detention, right? So if somebody's committing a crime and you pin them to the ground and hold them until the police arrive, you still detain them. You still kept taken away their liberty for a period of time. Now, did you, A, did you have that power, and B, did you have that right? All right, what about this? All right, uh, Dave, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, somebody, is, uh, somebody takes a shot at me, and then they start running away. And I don't think they're running away because they're going to go hide and cover and shoot back. I think they're just trying to escape. Do I have the right to pursue them with my gun drawn uh, in, in hopes of uh, stopping them? Did you shoot them? No, they shot at me, and then they started running away. I would think you have uh, the right to go chase. You have the right to go wherever you want. So I can go chase him down. You could go chase him down. Interesting. You better not shoot him. Now we got a problem, especially in the back. Yeah. Okay. All right. You may have a point here. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to digest it because I hadn't thought about it from the angle that you are. And that's what makes you such a great guest. You are, you're an out-of-the-box thinker. If, every time you see the word right, replace it with the word empathy. That's my rule. This is my innovation. Replace it with the word empathy. Where does the empathy lie in a given case? And circumstances have tremendous power to change. The set in the setting could change uh, uh, an identical event and make one uh, event uh, legitimate and another illegitimate in the, in, in your, through your empathetic eyes. Does it concern you that bad guys will be constantly trying to drag law enforcement into court even when law enforcement was doing their job and the expense of defending themselves? Um, does that, is that a concern? Not in the least, but if we can clearly establish that there was probable cause... Then I, I don't have a. I don't think they're going to have a leg to stand on, right? You can't say you didn't have the uh, the authority to arrest me. You have somehow or other violated my rights when you know somebody. You just got through robbing the store and you got caught, right? You were caught in the act. I mean, you're not going to be able to make that claim that oh, you know, see the violence inherent in the system, right? I, I you know, I'm owed something. But, you know, we have there, this, this, this case here of qualified immunity. I mean, this one's kind of fun because of how absurd it is. But we've discussed this many, many times. And there are clearly cases where it should have been invoked. This All right. Existed, I should say. Grace Arkey. It is uh, on YouTube or just look up Jim Babka. Got to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll chat with the Show Me Institute, David Stokes, on The Gary Nolan Show. This is The Gary Nolan Show. I'm Missouri's Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft. Voting is a right and a responsibility. You can always vote a provisional ballot on Election Day, but using a photo ID is the best way to vote. A valid Missouri driver's license, for example. If you need an ID, my office can help you get one for free. Either way, your vote counts. Check out sos.mo.gov or call my office. And remember, in Missouri, if you're registered, you can vote. Sponsored by Missouri Secretary of State. 